From Wine Insiders, this is Sniff, Sip, Repeat, a monthly podcast for lively discussions all about wine. In each episode, we'll be speaking with industry experts, from vineyards and tasting rooms to restaurant and retail, to give you a little inspiration for what to pour next. I'm your host, Kristen, and I've worked in the wine industry for many years now, and I'm excited to bring conversations with my peers directly to you. Are you ready? Let's take a sip. Today, my guest is Walter Santero, CEO of Abazia Vineyards, a family-run estate in the Piedmont region of northern Italy. Walter is the fourth generation of his family to continue in this winemaking tradition, and he and Abazia recently partnered with us at Wine Insiders on a very special Prosecco sparkling wine that is part of our soon-to-be-released Ruby Collection of Wines, celebrating our 40th anniversary. Walter and I have a great chat about everything from Benedictine monks planting Moscato to Zabaglioni, sea turtles, and more. He even explains why Prosecco is the best. So pour a glass and join us. Welcome, Walter. Thank you so much for joining me today. Good day, all. I like to start the podcast by introducing the guests and having them talk a little bit about their family history. I understand Abazia began in 1848 with your great-grandfather Pietro Santero from Florence. Yeah, it, uh, it was actually the great, great grandfather. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, yes, yes. It was uh, 1848 uh, when uh, he came from uh, Florence to the Piedmont because uh, he had the uh, sense that there are good potentiality for the agricultural uh, development in the Langhe area. Then for the 1817, his son uh, Luigi, called it the Great Louis, began to expand the property and uh, to sell bulk wine and bottles. The then Luigi's son, uh, Pietro, uh, from uh, 1920, uh, which began the first production of a sparkling wine with the Martinotti method, also called the Charmat method. Then the third generation with Mario, which started in 1957, began to modernize the production and expand the cell over the Italian border. Today, we are the Mario Sons, who uh, proudly take up the challenge of this uh, great historical, moral, and cultural heritage. And we have a new generation that come. Now that we know a little bit about the family, maybe we can hear a little bit about the name Abazia because I studied in Florence, so I know a little bit of Italian, not enough to speak on the podcast, but I do know the word Abazia means Abby. And so I wanted to understand, I think you actually have a, a, an Abbey on your estate. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, the name, the name of the winery is, is still today Abazia. It's Abbey in English language, Abbey is Abbasia. Uh, because there was, um, and still exists today, a Benedictine monastery, which was founded on a Roman temple dedicated to Jupiter. The, uh, to frame the historical period, we must say that in the early Middle Age, in Western Europe was a terrible period of economic and demographic decline between epidemics and bloody bad. The Abbey was erected exactly during this period and becoming a reference point for the population. Therefore, the Abbasia's player an essential role not only for meditation, study, and prayer, but also for the political, economic, and strategy development. 
In fact, for example, the Benedict monks in the 9th century uh, introduced also the cultivation of the Moscato grapes here, and they began the production of wine. Also today, you can still visit Abbazia Abbey with this old basilier representing wine grapes. That's great. So you, you have visitors that get to come and see the Benedictine monastery today. That's really neat. Now, it's, it's important to know also the history no, of the Abbey because the Abbey is, is not just for prayer, no? but in this area is a really political importance and, and so, socially political, so, and not so only political, but socially too. So I have developed all the, the city here. People inside the Tuabasia produce also and working also. So I have developed all the area. This is important. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned the historical significance and the political significance. So many of our listeners may already know this, but one of the things that I think is so interesting about modern Italy is it was only a unified country in the last 100 years or 150 years. So am I right in thinking when your winery was founded, Italy was not even a nation yet? Didn't that happen after in the late 1800s? Yeah. So it's historically been city-states. This is true. Yes. When I was doing a little bit of research for Piedmont, am I saying that right? Is it Piemonte or Piedmont? Piedmont. You know why his name is Piedmont? No, why is it Piedmont? Because Pied is a food, a mount is a mountain. So it's because it's Pied of the mountain, food oh. in the foot of the mountain. Oh, food. okay, the foot of the mountain. So it's at the foot, exactly. and it's the, is it the Alps that separate Italy from Switzerland and bottom, then France? Is that correct? Okay. Yes, exactly. Okay. When I was doing research on Piedmont, I found that Pliny the Elder, who was a Roman philosopher, had lived in that region. And I thought it was interesting that even he made mention of wine. And then I read a lot about, I don't know if I'll say this correctly, Lang, Roero, and Monferrato, and about how they're a winemaking province that's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. So I think what would be interesting for our listeners is We've already talked about the importance of the monastery and politics, but Piedmont in general, how, how is winemaking in this region more, more distinct from other places in Italy? Are there any characteristics about the grapes or the techniques or traditions that you could tell us? Mm -hmm. Even, even, uh, even uh, uh, before Christ, uh, wine uh, was produced here, but usually uh, honey was added to sweeten it. Uh, step to step, uh, it became clear that some grapes were particularly suitable for this climate and soil. That's why in this area, we are especially in harvesting Moscato, Barbera, and Viol. For, for, for become the, uh, the other part of the question that we talked about uh, before, we have four farms in Piedmont for a total of 16 hectares mainly in Moscato, Barbera, Dolcetto, and Abiolo grapes. All is ground directly uh, in order to keep uh, to, uh, the level of quality stable and uh, along the time. Uh, as a result, the uh, food production chains is internal to Abbazia winery from the grapes and uh, to the bottle. It's a full chain. I have a few questions about harvest, actually. Is your harvest typically in August or September uh, in, in 
Italy? Because if you're in the north, is it a little later in the year? Right. Yes, in the in the north part, normally it's not so hard. Uh, also because they have the mountain, you know, that we have talked about it, uh, the mountain protected uh, to in the, in the coming the wind, the fresh wind. So it's more stable, the, the temperature, not like in Sicily, for example, or like in Puglia, or like in other region of the South Italy. So the vintage normally is more uh, at the end, uh, end of August or 1st of September. Of course, I talk about the white wine, because the red wine that uh, also in Piedmonte, the vintage like Parolo, like Nebbiolo for Parolo, Dolcetto, other, other grapes, of course, is more long and get in October too. But oh, in okay. generally about the Prosecco, because we are talking about it, or the Moscato too, because the Moscato is the same. The vintage is previewed this year for uh, first week of the September. First week in September. Okay. And so if rain, you, if rain, because I don't uh, rain nothing. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so, so you're, yeah, you're, you're, where you're located, you must rely a little bit also on the runoff. There must be snow. Are there, is there snow on the mountains that, that you're at the foot of? That no, right? this is the problem that the mountain don't snow. Uh, no, oh, no, there's no nothing. This is the question. Have not water because they, because they have not uh, snow and have not uh, rain. Miss the water. Exactly. Is that, this is the problem. Oh, okay. And so, is it is that a change with warming, or is has it always been that way? Exactly, exactly. You, uh, all the people knows in television that the changing the climate, okay, is all and thinking that is all the theory, but it's not theory. I tell you sincerely, it's changed very well. Here, don't rain more, or when rain is uh, the rain that the, 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 the same in, in two hours, the rain that coming in one month. So uh, it's a really complicated the situation of the agriculture here, but not only here. Mm -hmm. in, uh, all, in all the Italy and all the, in uh, Europe, I think also in the USA, you get the same. The, the change of the climate, uh, the people know, must know that it's not theory. It's really today, not tomorrow. This is important to, to, to explain to the people. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm no. sorry. This I, I it's not happy. I know. I, I, know. I, I am sorry I asked an unhappy question, and I know there's not as much snowmelt. So I was curious because I thought if you were at the foot of the mountain, maybe you had more water, but even you have no not that much water. That's unfortunate. And water is so critical to to you know the grapes ripening at the right time. So that was kind of why I was asking when they're gonna, when you're gonna harvest, because I'm curious about the growing seasons and if they're, grow, if they're longer or shorter or warmer, et cetera. So thank you, no, <laughs> I know it's not a happy, it's not a happy topic, but, <laughs> but it's good to know because uh, I, I, you know, I, it's a longer question that I won't make you answer, but I know that a lot of, winemakers and wine growers have to change what they're planting because of the the warmth and the change in the season so i hope that we still get to get the barbera and the moscato from piedmont 
I do want to ask you one thing, one more thing that's special to you and your, your winery. I've heard that your motto is your land will never betray you. Could you tell me a little bit about what that means? I, I know that terroir is a huge concept in wine and the land absorbs a lot from others, but what does that phrase mean to you? It means that uh, this land is uh, real generous and loyal. And uh, if you give it the right attention, uh, it will give you back uh, a good result. Our main, main uh, writer here in Santos de Conovelbo, the name is Cesare Pavese, used to say that uh, in this plant in, and uh, in this soil, there is something of yours. And that uh, even when you are not there, it remains waiting for you. So respect and help the land like your daughter, and she will never betray you. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Now I'd love to taste a few wines so our listeners can know more about them and maybe even taste along. I thought we would start with Abazia La Tartaruga Moscata Pavia IGT. So I think La Tartaruga means tortoise or turtle. Is that correct? Correct. It's turtle. I but love it's turtles. Not pavia. It's pavia in Italian language. You tell Pavia, but it's Pavia. Oh, Pavia. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I've been saying it wrong forever. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna reintroduce it. So Abazia La Tartaruga Moscata Pavia. IGT, that, yes. that makes much more sense. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, Senor Massimo, my teacher would be so disappointed in me right now. My no, teacher, I'm going to give a, so. I'm going to give a shout out to my teacher, Massimo Gentili, and tell him I'm sorry that I've, <laughs> that I haven't been practicing. Okay. So our first wine that we're going to taste is the La Tartaruga from Pavia. And so I would love to have you tell us just a little bit about Pavia before we get started. And then we'll go ahead and taste this beautiful Moscato. The, uh, we talk about the Moscato grapes now. Okay? The Pavia is a, is a city close to us. Uh, and the Moscato grapes that come from Tisara named the Moscato of Pavia, PGT. The Moscato of this line is the Zoe line. We call it Zoe line because uh, in the old uh, Greek uh, language, is, uh, um, Zoe means uh, nature and life. Uh, together with the WWF, dedicated to the protected endangered animal in uh, wildlife. This label of Moscato is dedicated to the turtles. Other wines is dedicated to the other animals. Moscato Pavia is uh, uh, very similar to Moscato d'Asti, really is very close also the area, but uh, it's easy, uh, easy to drink uh, every day and uh, uh, usable for cocktail, dessert, cakes and uh, happy times. The uh, word Moscato comes from the Roman ages uh, when it was called Apicius because it's uh, so very sweet, uh, it's a sweetness and attracting insect. Uh, then is the change of the name to Moscato, that means fragrance. <laughs> it's interesting to understand that the name will come. 
it, it, uh, it has a, a musky aroma, very delicate, intense flower, peach, apricot, orange flowers, and uh, tropical fruits. It's ideal for aperitif, but also as a, a fine, a, a base for low alcohol cocktail with sweet food, such as uh, wine, cookies, parties, and food. But also it's, uh, it's pairing with, uh, per contrast, especially spicy food, fresh salami and uh, even uh, macaroni, for example. In Italy, it's also used for uh, cooking, for uh, making uh, cakes, uh, fruit salad, sabaglione, that's fantastic, uh, shank and uh, mask, uh, and, 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 and for all practically, because it's very, very nice. I love it to, for example, invent the cocktail with my friends uh, by pairing with the rum, cachaça, vodka, vermouth, and mixed with the mint, lime, joyce fruit. It's very nice to invent with the friends. It's great. Yeah. I might have to get that recipe from you and I'll share it with our listeners. And I think you mentioned zebaglione. Is that the dessert that has the cream? The creme filling is that what that is? Is a, a cream, yeah, uh, made with the moscato and the oh. eggs, red eggs. Uh, try it's beautiful. Oh, I remember and that sugar, from when I lived in Italy. Sugar. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, I didn't yeah. know you could make it with the sweet wine. That sounds delicious. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely very aromatic, and it I can you know the tropical notes and the floral elements make it. Gosh, so special. And I like that it could be just an aperitif, but I'm going to try to make that cocktail. That sounds good. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Okay, great. Thank you. I, I do want to ask one more question about the turtles. You mentioned World Wildlife Fund and the turtles. So I actually used to work with sea turtles when I was younger. Um, I worked with loggerhead turtles uh, in Greece, in Kalonero, Greece. And I know they're on the endangered list. So is is how how is the relationship that you have with the World Wildlife Fund? Is it are you sponsoring those animals? Is that how that works? Yes, we sponsor the WWF. Ah, yes. oh, that's so wonderful! I'm excited to hear that. I think our listeners will be excited to hear that also. Okay, you know, that's great. Uh, we, we, we live in we live in, in, in inside to the natural. No? So for us, it's natural. The thing to do to the animals, thing to the nature uh, for us is, is, is normal. Oh, that's so wonderful. And you, you chose one of my favorite animals. Which tag. is the animal that you love more? No, I mean, just sea turtles. I love sea turtles. I actually, you know, spent a, a summer in Greece just to help uh, work for a group. Um, at the time, they were called Careta Careta, but it was Sea Turtle Protection Society. And so I lived in Greece on a beach. I, I wish I had Moscato back then, but I was really just a broke college student living on a beach helping turtles, but, but it was wonderful. And in the United States, we have turtles in a few different places on the coastline in the South and Georgia. And, um, you know, I think there, there's a lot we could talk about with turtles, but I, this is a wine podcast, so I'll save that for later. But I'm very happy to see that you are partnering with World Wildlife Fund. That's great. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. For our next wine, I think it would be great to move on to the 2019 Abazia Barbera de Asti, DOCG. So could you yeah. tell us a little bit, I know this is the Barbera grape, but could you tell us a little bit about the grape and the region for this wine as well? Okay, in the, in the region of Piemonte, there are 
35,000 acres of uh, barbarian grapes. So which, uh, which uh, is around 30% of the area. Uh, the Asti and the area uh, in the Alba area is very close, it's 20 kilometers away. And uh, this is the two best area uh, for producing the Barbera. In especially, we are talking about the Barbera of Asti now, uh, which has a uh, roger soil, soil give uh, good acidity. It better recall the origin of the Latin name Barberus, that is uh, impetuous, indomitable, which uh, uh, refer exactly the origin, come back to the origin of the Barbera. This is the Asti area. It's a strong, rude, uh, with uh, one, a strong character. And, uh, and the wine is, is, is what uh, represented this area of Asti. It's exactly of the Asti. Area of Alba, the Barbera d'Asti, the Barbera d'Alba is different. It's same plant, of course, but it's different area, 20 kilometers about. But it's uh, more, uh, it's different. But now we talk about the Barbera d'Asti, okay? Okay. The color is a very intense ruby, red, with the violet reflections. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of taste, is uh, sherry is the main, uh, future along uh, with uh, blackberry and uh, red, uh, red fruits. It's uh, intense, tannic, and persistent, slightly spicy and floral too. The Barbera, the Nebbiola di Dolcetto are in their, uh, the, the three most important uh, traditional wine that have in Piedmont area, in Piedmont region. So there are uh, a thousand combinations pairing uh, for the tree together, uh, all pairing perfect with the uh, semi-hard cheeses, for example, for the salami, uh, the soup, the boiled meat, uh, white and red meat with the pasta, but it also uh, can also be used as an ingredient for the preparation of the excellent uh, first and second courses of meat. I love, for example, with the tagliatelle agnolotti, but each people is different. <laughs> <laughs> for our listeners who maybe haven't been to Italy, is, is it still the tradition that in, it, in Italy, when you have dinner, you have multiple courses? You have like two to three courses for each dinner, correct? Yeah, correct. Normally we use uh, two or three different. And more, me personally, I change also the wine. But it's me because I produce it, so it's easy. I understand <laughs> that the people that buy it this is different. Of course. That's wonderful. Can't that... Use a three, four bottle for for for, for it. Dinner, uh, of course, use one bottle, and this is important. Also, uh, choose the right bottle, the right wine, because uh, just for this reason, no? Because you cannot change the wine. So uh, more is flexible, more is better. I remember you know, ordering antipasta and then pasta. And so this is a yeah, good yeah. meat course wine also, but it's flexible. Antipasta, antipasti, first, second, dessert, and cafe, it's complicated. <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. It's, it's, it's ritual. It's wonderful. Yeah, I don't <laughs> love it. Mix it all in, in one, no, in, 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 in only one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel like in America, we're messed up. We just do like one big meal. It's much more elegant to have multiple courses. It's a question of time, <laughs> probably it's a question of time. 
yeah. you don't have time, so it's a ton. Yeah. In Italy, normally we, we spend the one hour, two hour for it. So <laughs> it's normal that uh, more time to spend and more possibility to choose. I, I feel Barbera is one of the more popular Italian grapes, even with Italians. Is that correct? Uh, it, yeah. It's widely, right. widely more, made. More in the area, yes, but also in the rest of the world. Also too. in the rest of the world. Okay. There are so many Italian varietals. I love that there's so many to try, but this is also one that even before I worked in the wine industry, I had tried. I was familiar with, you know, Sangiovese and Barbera and Moscato and... Yeah, yeah, but you know, you know, in Italy you have uh, 20 regions. Practically all the 20 regions have, have different wines. So it's, <laughs> and of course, each region prefers proper uh, wines. This is normal, no? In Tuscan, prefer the Chianti, in India, prefer Sangiovese, in uh, South Italy, prefer uh, other, in Veneto, another one, uh, in, uh, in Liguria, another, have the 20 regions, uh, 20. Uh, mentality no? <laughs> so this is normal but yeah. all the wine all the italian wine is very very good so no problem Cho choose what you want all the wine all the italian wine is good we're getting into summer summer is just around the corner and this in the united states would be a great barbecue wine because i think it has like a little bit of spice a lot of tannins and uh for those of us who aren't doing the antipasta and the second the pasta if we're doing Burgers. I actually think this would be a good burger <laughs> wine. <laughs> I like the 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 dark cherry and the plum and some of those notes go really well when when you're having like an American meat dish. I think it's a good pairing. So. Yes, you are right. Okay, great. So we I I have one more wine that I would like to talk about, and this one I mm -hmm. I don't have because it's a special wine that's coming to us for our anniversary. Um, we're so excited. This we've, as you have heard and know, because you partnered with us, the 40th anniversary of Wine Insiders is this year. And so our listeners don't know this. I've teased it a little, but we have a 40th anniversary collection of wines that are coming out, and they're going to be on in our online store in August. So we're so excited that you have collaborated with us and created a prosecco. It's, I mean arguably one of the most popular wines that people love, Prosecco. And I mean, it's just so special that we can have one from Abazia. So we're really excited. Do you think you could give us a sneak peek of what we can expect from the Prosecco that's coming this summer? Of course. Uh, the, the, Prosecco, the Prosecco is produced with uh, uh, grapes that name Glera. Uh, is Glera come from, come from uh, two regions of the northeast Italy between Veneto and Friuli, uh, close to the Venice, uh, Treviso, Tre, Trieste, etc. The, uh, the wine area is very big, as in total is uh, uh, 75,000 hectares. Uh, it's one of the best nose parts in wine with the denomination of origin in the world. In terms of quantity, you think that the Prosecco uh, produced per year over 500 million bottles. Uh, is uh, very more the champagne, for example, that produces 300 million bottles, and uh, the cava that is uh, two, 250 million bottles. About this is the three for the, the, the three most important sparkling with denomination in the world. So you you see that the prosecco is the best one, and and many. 
many people ask me why Prosecco is, uh, was a strong and growing success in the world. Uh, I think that probably uh, is uh, for the mix of different reasons. It's pleasant, versatile, uh, it's delicate, and uh, have a, a low alcohol content, just uh, 11, 12, 11. Um, it's modern because it's easy to drink, but it's good quality. And also have a good price because the popular price is not so expensive. And, uh, and the more uh, represent the Italian spirit and uh, lifestyle of the Italy. Probably is this the reasons. Of course, all these uh, um, elements have generated uh, a mod. Uh, also uh, close to the aperitif, for, for example, that many years ago we don't in the world don't use the aperitif. Now it started also the mode of the aperitif all over the world. Uh, and the, the Prosecco is the right wine for the, uh, the aperitif, for example. Not only the, the Prosecco, of course, but uh, I try, for example, with the Moscato. With the Moscato, any people knows that it's a very very good the aperitif uh, with used also the Moscato grapes. The Moscato wines is very sweet and very uh, smell and uh, it's beautiful too. It's born with the Prosecco. With the Prosecco, of course, it's more classic, no? Uh, now I cannot talk about the name of the other elements that they make in the streets because it's advertising, so I cannot. But anyway, uh, the basis is, is uh, the Prosecco sparking. This is, uh, I think, the, the reasons because it's, uh, it's the element that uh, growing up uh, the, the cell all over the world. You thinking that in the last uh, eight, 10 years uh, is uh, more or double, more of the double of the quantity cell in uh, only eight, 10 years. It's uh, really incredible. It is incredible how how many people now drink Prosecco. It has really become a huge celebratory. Uh, you love it too? Oh, I love it. Yeah. When I, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but <laughs> when I had a birthday and I turned 39 for the second time, <laughs> I, had a big, I had a party at an yeah. Italian restaurant and we served Prosecco and I, yeah. I actually turned 40, but I told everyone I was turning 39 again, but we, we, on my 40th, we, we had Prosecco and it was. Sincerely, you, you have discovered the Prosecco in Italy or not? I actually discovered it in Los Angeles, which is weird. I, I, when I came to Italy, I was a young college student. So I had very little money and I had like the house table red wine, you know, I didn't really yeah. explore a lot. And, you know, I was young. So I think I was, I didn't have an, a, a palate that could appreciate many different things. So uh, it's only been in, the, you know, in my thirties that I really got into wine. And then when I turned 40, I had, a, <laughs> I like to pretend I'm not 40 plus, but when I turned 40, I had a big party and we had Prosecco because I, I can't even remember why. I think the sommelier at the restaurant recommended it and I had had it before, but I didn't pay much attention to it. And then when I realized what it was, I, I was all in, I enjoyed it, but yeah, I love Prosecco now. And it is, I feel like in the, I mean, I could be wrong. I think in the United States, it's just the last 10 years, it's really become hugely popular 
Um, yes, the, yeah. the states in the world that is more consumer have more consumer is exactly this: uh, UK, uh, USA, and uh, Italy. The, the first three in the world. Yeah, and I think it for many people here at least, or at my party, it was the 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 first drink of the night. It wasn't just to toast, although it is a good you know sparkling wine to celebrate. It was the first drink of the night. So when people were arriving, you know pour a little Prosecco and people just sort of start mingling, yeah. which I think is great. It's the opening of the party. You just pour a little Prosecco, everyone feels like they're in a mood and um, yeah. Actually, I've, I've also introduced the, the new Prosecco wine, is the sparkling wine. They talk about the pink, the rosé, not only the white, but also the rosé. Very nice, very, very young. And in, in this period, it'll start to, to work very, very well. Do, so Prosecco is huge worldwide. Do Italians drink a lot of Prosecco always, or is it new? Is it a new trend in Italy also? Is this a more recent? No, it's, a, it's a more 30 years that, 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 that uh, okay. consumer Prosecco in Italy. Uh, but uh, but uh, in the last uh, 10, 15 years has grown up very well all over the world. Also in Italy it's developed better. Course, because before it's just the consumption is in north, in north part of the Italy. So Veneto, Lombardia, Piemonte, this, the, the part north. In the center of the south, yes, it knows, but not uh, cons the consumption is not so big. Now it's uh, developed all over, but not only in Italy, yeah, all over in the world. <laughs> also, also in Africa or in Korea or uh, in in, in Chile, like like Canada or uh, where you want, uh, all over in the world knows uh, the, the the wine uh, prosecco today. Prosecco is a little bit sweeter, I think, than uh, sparkling wines you would associate with champagne, for example, and so it makes it a good dessert wine, also. So I mentioned that it's a good wine to start the evening, but it's also probably pairs well to dessert. Is that am I right? And here is, is a technical question, you know, because it's possible, uh, if you want, we, we can talk about, of course, uh, the 80%, 85% of the Prosecco sparkling that sell in the world is named extra dry. Extra oh, dry okay. means, yeah, extra dry is not uh, uh, like, do you think extra dry, super dry? It's not this. Extra dry is the name that means that contains uh, sugar naturally sugar from 12 to 16 grams per liter okay. this is what get this little sweet sweetness then exists also the brute the brute is uh, uh, less uh, less uh, sugar so uh, zero zero two three four five six grams per, per, per liter of naturally sugar um, so it's more is more dry then uh, have a possibility also have the uh, the super dry <laughs> that name the extra brut that is exactly zero. This is more close to the French champagne, for example. But the classical prosecco, uh, the, I tell you that is eighty five percent of the cell in the world is named extra dry because content 10, 12, uh, 14 grams a liter naturally sugars eh? we talk about naturally it's not added eh? so it's naturally sugar contents 
And this is better because it's more easy to drink, it's more flexible, it's more, it's, it's more good to, to drink. And you can also drink two, three uh, glasses uh, without a problem. Uh, also, the contents of the SO2, for example, is very low. Uh, comparing uh, to the champagne that uh, is very more high for other reasons. So it's, it's very um, easy to, to drink the Prosecco. This is another reason because uh, all over in the world knows Prosecco and consume Prosecco. Well, Walter, I know we're running out of time. So thank you so very much for joining me today. We have been huge fans of Abazia wine at Wine Insiders, both me and our customers. So I'm just so grateful we got to talk to you and we're really looking forward to the Prosecco. So I, I've just really enjoyed this hour. So thank you. And hopefully we'll have you on the show again. I'm also very happy to, to know you and talk about the wine today with, with you and all the people. And uh, I thank you all the people that uh, appreciated the Italian wines. Thank you so much. Okay, cheers. Thank you. Today on the podcast, we tasted three Italian wines from Abazia. La Tortoruga Moscata Pavia IGT, 2019 Barbara D'Asti DOCG, and finally, our special Prosecco from the Ruby Wine Collection. To enjoy a discount on these wines and more, use the promo code TURTLE40 on your next purchase at WineInsiders.com. If you're on Instagram, follow our podcast adventures at Sniff, Sip, Repeat. As you heard on the podcast, we're celebrating our 40th anniversary this year. So in August, we'll be releasing a very special Ruby collection of wines, available only at WineInsiders.com. Leaders in online wine. Get better wine delivered in just days.